Welcome to The Working Therapist with Hayden Bolick, a podcast designed to help you grow more, do more, and be more as a therapist. The Working Therapist is an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. We're glad you've joined us for today's podcast. So here's your host, Hayden Bolick. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of The Working Therapist. I'm Hayden Bolick, your host, and today I have with me Kirstie Miles. And we are going to talk about some of our favorite toys from the Toy Fair again, but toys that have parts and pieces and how we use those in therapy. So, Kirstie, why don't you introduce yourself, and then we'll jump into our toys and therapy ideas and all that good stuff. I'm a physical therapist. I've been with PDT almost 12 years now. I am a team lead and have therapists working in several contract sites over here in the Southern Pines area, charter schools, public schools and private schools, and also developmental day centers, and then the Southern Pines Clinic. And I also help Hayden over in Rayford and the Fayetteville area. So Kirstie, today we are going to talk about our favorite toys with parts and pieces from the Toy Fair. And we've done several of these podcasts from our trip to the Toy Fair. At PDT, we go to the International Toy Fair every year. And the reason we do that is because in our clinics, it's important to have good variety and you have to have good quality and toys that do a lot of different things so you can really be creative. So every year we go to the Toy Fair and then also we do sell our toys to families or whoever wants to buy them as well toys we use in therapy and we sell them at a little less than retail so that it's a resource to parents so they don't have to pay the full price just to help them out a little bit. And I think too if you're coming into the clinic and you're receiving therapy and you see something that a therapist is working on with your child and your child responds really well to it well you can leave and get started with it tonight. You don't have to either wait for Amazon or go to the store and find it all that, it's at your fingertips, which is one of the big reasons why we have this as a resource, home carryover, which is so important in what we do. Exactly. And the fact that through the years, parents have always asked me, oh, is so-and-so's birthdays coming up? You know, we'd really like to buy them a toy. And so I always want to recommend something that will last for several years and that is very diverse. You can do a lot of different things with it and quality. So you get a lot of bang for your buck. We are both really picky about what we have in our clinics and what I also recommend to families. Safety is an issue. So when you think about toys with parts and pieces, that was a big issue for Kirsten and I this year as well at the Toy Fair. We did want to find things that had parts and pieces for lots of reasons that we'll get into, but then we also wanted to make sure they were safe. So we didn't want to have marbles or something that could be a choking hazard or anything else. Right. And also that, you know, we say a lot of times too, it's not about the toy, it's what you get out of the toy, but you have to have variety because if you're doing the same old thing day in, day out, number one, it's boring for us. It's got to be boring for the kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we need variety and we need options. So our first is the Tobbly Wobbly from Fat Brain Toys. And I like this toy not so much because it's parts and pieces, but because I have played with Potato Head my entire career. And I think there's only so many times you can do that. And I think I've reached the max. Not that I don't like Potato Head. I love Potato Head. I'm all about it. But after four children and having Potato Heads at home, and then after using it frequently in therapy, I'm kind of Potato Head maxed out. I've reached my quota. You know, I'm not okay to like do a Picasso potato head. Like his eyes can't be on his arm slot or the feet can't be on the head. Like it's got to be a straight up and down potato head. And I really just can't do that anymore. So I like this Tobbly Wobbly because it's a variety. It's different. And for PT, it's really, it's just about parsing pieces because with physical therapy, it's about repetition. We're talking about children. We can't say to a child, okay, we're going to do this 10 times, 10 squats 
they can't just do 10 squats with no purpose. Whereas an adult, you can say, okay, give me 10 squats. A child, you can put the piece down on the floor. They can squat down to get the piece and then they can, you know, reach up on their toes to put it on the tobbly wobbly. So there's a goal. There's a purpose for why they're squatting down. Otherwise, you don't have attention because there's no goal. Yes. Not to, you know, beat a dead horse or anything with this potato head, but also there's no whole pieces you have to put the eyes into or the feet or the ears or whatever. And so um, also, I'm generally, this whole tobbly wobbly thing is sort of Picasso-ish in nature anyway. So... I'm down with that because I haven't done it so but so many times. So you remember the Weeble Wobbles? You know, Weeble Wobble, but you don't fall down toy from like a long time ago. So this body is basically like a humongous Weeble Wobble. And it's got some nice weight to it too. Like it's not a wimpy Weeble Wobble. It's a good one. It's got a little weight to it. It'll definitely wobble around on the table. And then what you do is it's got all these pieces that they have like eye pieces and a mouth piece, but they're made out of this like sticky plastic material. So you can just place it on the potato head. So then you don't get into this battle of wheels, which is what I don't do in therapy except now with potato head I absolutely do because I can't like rearrange it anymore like if it's not a straight up and down thing I'm sort of out and then it starts to be like this argument with me with the child and then I'm like what am I doing with my life so I have this whole like soul search situation so anyway tobbly wobbly prevents all of that for me if I'm arguing with a two-year-old about where the eyes go on a potato head you really need to find something else to do not the goal so anyway so you got these eyes you can put them on wherever it's got a mouth they're really cute makes a silly face you know they have the tongue sticking out so you can make noises with it and then you can have these big long arms so you can have about long and short they also have this cool like little piece you put on top with this like koosh ball looking hair situation so you can it's put almost that. like the squigs so it's totally. like the potato head combined with squigs which ot's love speech loves them too and we use them in pt so every discipline but they're like the the squigs the suction cup things mm-hmm. and that's how they go on instead of the holes Yes, exactly. So I love it for you can just do body parts and aim body parts if that's what you're working on. But you can also hold the pieces back. So for a child who's not even working on body parts yet, I kind of hold the pieces and I get them to request for more. You know, if they're very basic, just simple requesting to get them. And then as that expands, I'll expand the language to I want an arm or a mouth or whatever it is. You know, I just let the language goal grow as the child is growing. And then we'll grow into multiple word phrases and sentences and that kind of thing. But like you said, with PT, you could if I'm co-training with a PT, or OT, I can put these pieces all over the room and we can like search and find. And so they're great pieces, but they're substantial enough that you're not going to lose them and they're not little. So it's a very nice alternative to a potato head. So there you go. I like the toppy wobbly. I'm all about it. And the cool thing is the little body opens up so you can put all the pieces in there too so you don't lose them. And if you haven't played with the squigs, you're going to want them after you play with this game because they're basically, like Kirstie said, the pieces are kind of like the little squigs. And after you play with that, you're going to want some play with the squigs because they're kind of addictive and they're really cool and fun. So you're going to want those. My next favorite toy is made by Fisher-Price. I think they're so cool because it's a Thomas the Tank Engine Friends, but they're called Thomas and Friends Minis. Anyway, there's this launcher and trains that you put in the launcher. So you have to put the trains in the launcher and then you push the button and it comes shooting out. And then you have lots of different trains so you can make a whole big long train. But I like it because you have to request for the train pieces. Then you have to open the door. So OT and then you have to push the train in. So it's definitely some bilateral hand coordination, use of two hands working together. I like it also for speech language thing because you're combining toys and play. So for a child who's kind of past a simple cause and effect, but they're not at a functional play yet, you're combining toys and play. And that's so, so, so important because if you can't combine toys, then, you know, physically, you're not going to be able to combine concepts receptively. If you're not receptively combining words and understanding concepts and putting things together and understanding, you're not going to be able to come out with two and three and four word phrases, you know? So because always it's receptive first and then expressive. 
impressive. So I like this toy because it's a nice hands working together and you have to combine two toys and play, but you also get pretty quick satisfaction, like so the child doesn't have to wait long for something to happen. Though they have to wait a little bit longer because you have to put the train in and then push the button. So you have to have somebody that's a little bit past the whole pull the car back and see it go. You know, it's like one Mm -hmm. half a second longer. I think as far as these toys go, I mean, you do have variety in a pack. So you have options, again, for repetition of exercises. I think this is more of a toy I'd probably use in a co-treatment with speech situation. But if the child wanted to play with that toy, I'm not going to tell them no. I'm just going to figure out how can I use it in my therapy. One of the ways I use cars a lot is with bridging activities or Mm -hmm. if they've got to sustain like a plank or a pose and Mm -hmm. they're the bridge or the tunnel and the train has to go under the tunnel or under the bridge and they've got to hold it and then the reward is they get to shoot the train out. That is a great idea. I haven't done that with this toy yet but I bet you like having a child on a ball their tummy's on the ball and then they have to put their hands down flat on the floor to grab a toy. That's It's a great exercise for so many different things. It's a great activity. I do that a lot with kids in speech. You know just try to catch themselves because a lot of times kids won't realize how their body is working and I like to set up situations where a child has to not fail but if I have them on a ball and they're on their tummy and I'm rolling them forward I'll go rolling forward. I want them to be able to put their hands down and catch themselves or, uh-oh, you know, I'm not going to let them hit their head or their face or anything, but I want to set up a situation so they have to do something. And so a lot of times I'll set that up so they have to do that. And I'll, uh-oh, you know, catch it or get the train. But if you put the trains out front, that might be even more motivating for them to have a purpose to reach for it. And these trains are really super cute. And little boys love this little Thomas the Tank stuff. Mm-hmm. And then one more thing I also like about these trains. So if you're trying to get a child to use multiple word phrases, these trains, you're building them together and connecting them together just like a phrase or a word. So as you build the trains, then you can like have different words to combine. You can attach like a picture of something to it. So you can do like big dog or go car or you could just attach two words because these trains connect. So and then words connect. So that's another idea, too, that I've done a little bit with this, but I'm branching out into that more. So usually now when I'm packing these toys, I'll put like a set of board maker pictures or just in there with them verbs and nouns and some descriptives. Okay, the third toy that I liked a lot for parts and pieces is this fishbowl. How many times have we talked about this fishbowl, Kirsten? <laughs> a lot. So A lot. So it's this fishbowl by Learning Journey. Now, I like it because, again, how many times have you played with that pig with the coins? A lot. Three million hundred times. And I like the pig only at this point still because I just keep Velcroing pictures to the coins and that makes me happy because it's not the same. Otherwise, I would be done with the pig. But the fishbowl by Learning Journey is the same concept as the pig by Fisher Price. You got these little fish and you got this fishbowl. I don't put batteries in the fishbowl, by the way, because then it just complicates my world because then they just want to push the button as sort of repetitive and some kids will perseverate on that. So no, for me, I don't put any batteries in the fishbowl because it takes away from what I'm trying to get to. But then you've got all these different color fish and you put the fish in the fishbowl. But the one thing I do love about this is the whole front out of it of it is clear. So it makes them want to pull the fish out or to open the fish. And you can also figure out what you've put in, especially if you put pictures on these fish. Mm-hmm. So I like that a lot. The pig only has that little door that's clear. And sometimes you can't see through it because there is writing on that. Again, it depends on what it is you want to work on. If the child went to the closet and that's what they wanted to play with, I would think about what it is that I'm trying to work on that day in that Mm -hmm. session because I already have a plan coming into my session. It's not just a free-for-all. I have a general idea of what the focus of the session is and what I need to work on and what I need to get out of it. Now, what toy I choose to do that with 
it's not so much about the toy. So now I'm going to take the toy and then adapt it to what I need. So if I need to do lower extremity strengthening, if I need to do stairs, if I need to do bridges, if I need to work on single leg stance, I might have them stand on one foot, tap the fish with their toe and then let them put it in. So again, there's a reason and a purpose that they're standing on one foot, not just, okay, watch me, let's stand on one foot. That's boring. For motor learning to happen, basic 101 of PT, for motor learning to happen, you have to practice. Well, the only way to practice is to get reps. And the way we get reps is by the child being engaged in the activity. And so if the child is engaged and it's a toy that they want to play with and it's fun, I can keep them going. Exactly. So the equivalent of that in the speech language world is you said the basic PT 101 is for motor learning, you have to do repetition. For speech, the same concept is for communication initiation, you have to set up lots of attempts. So in one speech and language session, when I'm trying to teach a child, you do something to get something, you do something to get something, you say something to get something, no matter what level they are, there has to be for a one 30 minute session, I need to get 50 communicative attempts in there. So the same thing as you're in terms of repetition, I'm working on 50 attempts to say something to get something, basically. And then what they say and how they do it to get something, it just depends on the level of the child and where they are. But any of these toys we've said today would work from a basic level of you're signing to get a toy or you're doing like, ugh, to get something to do something all the way up to multiple word phrases. All of these work and they'll grow and expand with you and even expand in the session so that you don't have to stop a session and say, oh, well, we'll work on that next time. You can just go right there. Each session, I try to push them a little bit further, see how far they'll let me go and then try to maintain that. And then right. there's homework. So all of these work to do that. It's just making it fun and a variety. So this fishbowl is pretty cool because there's lots of little cute little fish. They don't break. They're fun. Clear fishbowl, learning resources. The learning resources had a lot of great toys. They had a lot of toys with parts and pieces that we're talking about. So different varieties, not just a fish. They had several. They had a whole wall full of things like this fishbowl. I mean, they had tons and tons of toys with all the same general concept ideas. I just like the fishbowl the best, mostly because it's clear. And so then I can hold my hand over the top where the fish go in the fishbowl and the child can see inside the fishbowl. So they're going to want to get something out. So it sets it up for communicative attempts because, again, I'm at like 50. That Mm -hmm. may be more important for speech than PT. I don't know. In terms of like being able to see it, you know, enticement, that kind of thing. But anyway, toy number four for parts and pieces are the puzzles. They're called puzzle duos and they're from Deco, D-J-E-C-O, Deco. They're great little puzzles. They come in this little box. There's one that's mama and a baby. So you have a big animal and a little animal. And the the parent side of the puzzle piece is big and the baby side of the puzzle piece is little. And so for myself... For speech and language, there's lots you can do. So you're matching the animals. You got to name the animals. There's big, there's little. You got to combine the things together. So what I like to do is I like to have one parent side of the puzzle piece out. So I might have like the bear. I'll have the bear out and then I'll give the choice of the little bear and like the owl. And then the child has to request or say which one it is if they're at this level. So it's kind of a way for me to move them where I'm working from an indirect model, you know. And then they have to also make a choice and they have to match the correct picture. The big bear with the little bear. So mama or daddy with the baby bear. And then they also have to say bear to get it if they're at that level. If they're not, you work accordingly. I like this for parts and pieces for that reason. How about for PT? Again, you can do so many things with it just because you have pieces. So if you put one piece at the top of the stairs and you have a green and a yellow. So if you find out from speech, what are they working on in speech? And if they're starting to work on colors or animals or sounds, then you're coordinating Mm -hmm other disciplines into your therapy. So ultimately getting more carryover in each session. 
because mm-hmm. again, it's all about the repetitions in the practice. They have another set of puzzles too. It's called Puzzle Trio. And then these little puzzles are sequencing steps. So it's the same thing that you were talking about before, but for speech, it's like a sequence of three and they're pretty simple sequences. So they're nice for like early, you know, first, middle, last types of questions, putting things in the correct order. They can imitate to put things in the correct order and then they can independently do it and they can use a word or a phrase or a sentence to tell what's happening in each part of this picture with the model or without a model. So I love this mm-hmm. whole puzzle trio thing too because of the little simple sequence. And they're really different. Each page, And each part of the sequence looks very different than the other part, which is nice when you're really trying to get them to understand what happened first, what happened next, what happened last. So mm-hmm. this puzzle duo and this puzzle trio from Deco, I, I love those parts and pieces. And OT likes it because puzzles. You put puzzles together and for all those other reasons we said as well. Now if we move over to toy number five, this is something that Kirsty and I have been, we've been liking this toy for years, but seeing me get at the Toy Fair to me just sort of confirms how much I like it. It's the Automo Blocks. They're not the cheapest toy out there because they're such great quality, but these things do not tear up. So if you don't know about Automoblox, check them out. They have big cars and little cars, and I like them for lots of reasons. One, I like to take them apart. It's a good sequencing activity for me, so I can take pictures of the way the activity is supposed to go so they have to follow and sequence it correctly. I sort of set up and develop my own like sequencing story with these Autoblocks, but they're having to actually do something with the pic. Instead of just showing pictures of sequencing stories, they're having to build it, so they're actually having to do it, which I really like because then it's sort of it's giving them lots of different ways to get the concept in there and when they're doing it and looking at the picture I just like that physical component with the visual stuff so I like it plus they have to talk about the pieces as they're putting together and you know if something goes wrong it's easy to do like what's wrong or what's different or first middle last all of those concepts are great with this autumn block stuff you can mix and match. So mm-hmm. if you get multiple cars, they can have different colors. And then you can talk to children about higher level things, just matching. You talked about sequencing. If you have three wheels that are purple and one that's green, which one doesn't match? So you're incorporating different skills into that session, even though like coming from a PT, I actually have a couple of these cars at home. My kids love them. Mm-hmm. And I also like them because there's no buttons on them. There's no sound. They come like with the little people that go into the different shapes and the seats in the car, like a puzzle toy, but it's not like your standard puzzle that we're used to in therapy. So it's different and it allows children an opportunity to be creative. When the toy is always making the sound, it kind of takes the child out of it. So I like it for that reason. This toy, by the way, if you've heard us talk about this before, it was on our grown-up Christmas list toy ideas for 2016 as well. So we've liked this toy for a while, but seeing it again kind of confirms it also. There's lots of reasons we like it. The past two weeks in therapy, for whatever reason, I've just used this toy a lot with a whole big bunch of variety of age of kids. But I also like it because I just started doing this with it, where the kids with auditory processing issues, helping them understand, okay, what did you hear? I might use multiple parts of the car and then have them repeat the direction back to me and they have to do it. Again, I like the doing component. But then also for kids who are more advanced, I have them give me the direction. And that's really cool because they're able to follow a direction. They're able to build it, you know, but when they have to tell me how to build build it, that's really kind of a struggle sometimes because they forget to give me all of the parts of the sequence. So they'll say, well, get a wheel and put it on. And so, you know, how that's so general in the language versus, you know, get the green wheel, put it on the front of the car or something like that, you know, really causes them to have to use a lot of their prepositions, pronouns for you do it, or I do it, or she does it in a very functional type of way. And then also real specific language about how to do things. It's a whole different ballgame when you have them do that. And this car is great for that. I did it a bunch of times past two weeks. 
So different idea. And then even the old kids, usually it's the guys. I mean, girls would do it too, but they're, once you get to a certain age, even like 10, 11, 12-year-old boys who I think, oh, they're not going to be down with that, they still like it. And I like it a whole bunch more than iPad. Right. So those were the first five of our top 10 toys from the Toy Fair with parts and pieces. And therapy ideas and interventions, how we use them in therapy. So part two of this podcast will be toys six through 10 that we found at the Toy Fair with parts and pieces. So check those out. Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you next time on another episode of The Working Therapist. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Working Therapist, an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. If you would like more information regarding this podcast or would like to get in touch with us for any reason, visit us on the web at www.pediatricdt.com. That's pediatricdt.com.